Oh, yes. That's the great, late Abby Lincoln, also known as Aminata Museka, with The World is Falling Down. It's one of my favorites by her. And welcome back. We get to meet each other again today. And with some good news. I have some good news. The good news is that there was overwhelming response to the program yesterday. And uh, that means that we're touching a nerve just by asking questions and having people tell us what, from their perspective, the answer is or how to explain, even to explain the question in in a way that makes us understand that we don't all think alike. And you may see people walking around, doing their thing every day, very normal. But inside, there's a fire burning, and they yearn for an opportunity to talk about what drives them. So that happened yesterday. Somebody called me and told me that uh, Lead Stories is now being listened to by 1.3 million people. And uh, I think they're all in Manhattan. (laughs) Speaking of which, as I speak, there's a lot of police activity because there has been a shooting or shootings and... Lots of drama accompanying it. Lots of people injured. I don't know. People are walking around with a great deal of tension. And they don't know what to do with it. How to get rid of it. And this is why uh, I talked with a friend of mine just yesterday. Saying, this is where radio can do a great service. People need to get deep into themselves and they they want to get some demons out of themselves. They want to talk about things. Perhaps that was a factor in today's shootings where you had so many people uh, hurt and shot uh, for no particular reason so far And 10 people, they said, uh, were shot, and as many as six more injured on the subway. We are experiencing a great deal of tension and a great deal of stress. There's no question about it. And that brings me back to where we were yesterday. As I said, when we started out the program yesterday, Yes, there is a war, the Ukraine-Russian war. There's talk of war. There's a great deal of unrest and so forth. But as I told my friend, you know what people really, really want to do? They want to share their thoughts. They want to share what they're feeling and experiencing right now in this moment 
because it's like the, the, the string has been pulled so tight that anything could make it just snap. People like the idea of expressing themselves. And I wasn't really planning or expecting such a feedback yesterday, but I got it. And I was very happy because it means that the radio program was doing its job, allowing people to express themselves for themselves, not being interpreted, not being translated, but directly from within themselves. And that's what we got yesterday. So those two things made me feel the need to just complete the process today with a revisit to the questions that we raised and answered yesterday. And if you didn't get a chance to get on the air yesterday, uh, today's your chance at 888-874-4888. This is how it went. I asked questions that nobody was expecting to be asked, including me, by the way. I wasn't expecting to ask people these kinds of questions. But there was just a sense, a palpable sense, that people really need a release of this tension that they're walking around with every day. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychotherapist, but you can tell that there is a yearning to just stop for a minute and just offload some kind of burden that they've been carrying for a while. And all it takes is asking a question. And for many, it suited, it suited their purpose. I felt very good yesterday just because we asked questions that went directly to people's lives and some things that they perhaps had been carrying with them for a while they wanted to to, to deal with it to even just express it was would have been to deal with it and they had an opportunity yesterday so we'll repeat that and close it out today you have a a shot if you didn't get on the air yesterday. You have an opportunity to do so today. I have some questions that I would like to ask you, not to invade your privacy, but really to encourage you to be free of some burdens that you've been carrying so that you can be more effective, more central to the work that you do every day. 
but people may not know that you have privately you have some things that you want to get off your chest and uh, that's the reason for the program yesterday and will be for the program today so I have a bunch of questions but the questions are meant not to poke into your life <laughs> you don't want to do that that's your private life that's your sacred area what we want to do though is to encourage you to tell us by telling us uh, about what you have been doing how you have been thinking what you have been experiencing you accomplish the same task okay so call in when you are ready to take a question and take it where it, you want it to go and we will relish your answer because you are instructing by the way just in case you didn't know that is a form of instruction you're sharing information and there's a purpose to it the purpose is to illuminate perhaps part of your life you don't even bother with anymore you gave up on or you think it is very very secret and you don't want anybody else to know but you're in safe hands you are in safe hands and you are in good company and we welcome you being yourself in answering these questions okay I'm not trying to uh, put together a dossier on you <laughs> not, not at all I'm just asking a question to prod you to think perhaps for the first time about something that you have been meaning to get to for yourself and you just didn't have the time it just never happened this is a a good suggestion to seize on the questions that we're asking and work some more on them even after the program is is done 888-874-4888 is the number to call let's get that moving you know I like to get things moving pretty fast we have a job here to do and uh, I'd love to know what your answers are because it tells us your answers tell us what your experience has been and more so what you have become what you have developed into and in what ways every day without anybody knowing you are contributing to a better society all right do we have anybody on the air not yet oh yes sorry I spoke too soon 888-874-4888 let's get moving and uh, 
you see what I mean or I meant when I just explained to you what yesterday's experience was like. Uh, even callers were able to tell me after the program that they were happy to answer the question. It was something that they were holding on to for a while themselves, but it was the right time to let it go and to, to deal with it, to uncover it. Maybe that's you too. Maybe you're in the same position. So we'll do that again today and then move on. 888-874-4888. I still don't see anybody on my board. What's going on here? You're slacking up. <laughs> oh, come on now. After such incredible calls yesterday, I want to keep the momentum going and to get you to, to, to don't be too... Uh, What's the word? Apprehensive. It's, there's no reason to be apprehensive. And uh, it gives you a chance to influence people, too. Because when you add up, if you add it up like listening yesterday, you would see there's a common thread in the lives of all the people who called. And that was a desire to be a better person so that they could help other people more. Isn't that great? That's a phenomenal reason to get yourself together and get in gear. Okay, I'm going to ask the studio there, do you see anybody on that board? I don't see anybody on that board. At 888-874-4888. As soon as we get this going, we'll keep it going, and we will sign off from this topic uh, for the time being until another time. But it is about giving you a chance to share with us uh, your own experiences and how you use those experiences in your everyday activity. You influence people, you come to contact with people, people see you, they observe you, they observe what you give, and they find it very pleasant, really, uh, and a refreshing thing. When you meet somebody who is an open book, just by talking to them, uh, they tell you that they're not apprehensive. They're happy to be alive. They have much to offer the world, and that's what they're trying to do, to make the world a little bit better than it was before they got here. Are you one of those people? All right. 888-874-4888. 20 minutes have gone by already, and we haven't had one person say, 
I want to talk about this. Ask me the questions that you think I ought to answer. And uh, I will share my view. And it's not about whether you agree or disagree. I say this all the time. It is okay to disagree. It is how you disagree, you see. You don't want to slaughter a person because you disagree with them. But more so, you want to pay attention to the fact that you appreciate what they had to offer. You just have a different view, that's all. And you go about your business. We have to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. And the sad part of it is that we haven't reached there yet, not en masse. We're still stuck in this idea that because I disagree, I hate you. <laughs> that is so useless. There's so much to appreciate in a person, even when you have differences of opinion. But the, the goodness in you and the maturity in you should kick in. You say, well, I listened. I don't agree with this, this, and this. But I'm not looking for a fight. I'm not looking to pick a fight. I just want to appreciate another person's point of view. That is it. That is all. And you go your way. You haven't lost anything. You know, you, you haven't been demeaned. Just somebody sharing an opinion with which you happen not to agree. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. All right. I don't see anybody on the board. I don't understand what is happening here. It's 22 minutes after the hour, and we should have had several calls by now. Uh, and moving along, moving the program along. Um, but if we get into this habit of just freezing up, it is, itself is really not, not a good thing. Jump at the opportunity if it presents itself. Neil from Connecticut, you're on the air. Yes, uh, Captain Schlub reporting for duty. And what's going on here? How come no one's called? Well, I don't know. Am I supposed to know? How come nobody has called no. yet? Well, you, you invariably know more than I do, so that's why I asked you. No, I don't know. I'm just as puzzled. It's one of those days, perhaps. Well, I appreciate the humility. So I'm I'm ready I, I'm to give it a try. Okay. All right, so I will read you a question. Okay. Let me get to my list of questions. Before you do, I want to tell you that your your introductory music yesterday yes. moved me to tears. It moved me to tears. Oh, the that's always that on that group, Sweet Honey and the Rock. 
That's where yeah. they operate from the, the gut all the time. Okay. What qualities did you have as a child that you're glad you still have as an adult? Uh-oh. Curiosity. <clears throat> uh, threshold for pain. Um, if you want to call my eyes and ears and, and, and mouth and fingers, if you want to call those qualities, I'm very grateful for those that I still have all of those. And I also, um, not having a quality is a quality in itself. So I appreciate when people tell me they grew up in loving homes or had at least one truly loving parent. My link was my grandmother, my mother's mother. And if not for her, I would not have known human kindness and would probably have wound up on the wrong side of life. I'm struggling on what I, or struggling in what I think is the right side of life. And that gives me uh, hope to go on. So there's this um, ability to keep or characteristic that I've observed that I just keep on trying, even though I hobble along in, in my broken, disorganized, distracted way, somehow I come to clarity. So it's a process I'm still trying to understand. I'm sorry to be so obtuse. No, but you, you're making a point just the same. You're making a point. And that you recognize there is a part of you, a vital part of you that it has become, that didn't start with you, but that was impressed upon you by your grandmother. And that's quite a revelation, isn't it? Yes, along with, uh, and pardon me if I restate it, the, the absence of certain resources, Having uh, grown up in a tough part of Manhattan with a very badly distressed, emotionally distressed, single mom. So I look back on all the tribulations. I look back on all the challenges, and I realize they were gifts. That's what I've been taught lately, that these two things are gifts. Even tragedy can, you know, lemons What are you supposed to do with these gifts? Did anybody tell you, or did you figure it out? Both. Someone told me, and I figured out how to understand what they were saying. Hmm. So, uh, I'm looking for a good analogy 
chaos to order is not a good one. <laughs> but in a personal sense, one can take the chaos of his or her life and turn it into order. And that's why I was happy to say that uh, yesterday's intro drove me to tears because that's really what this call is about. Well, good. Good that you had that experience and more so that you were conscious of it and you are still conscious of the evolution that you made because somebody else invested in you. It doesn't take much. No, it doesn't, but... You know, we, we preach with, we grab onto anything resembling love that we can. And we're like, that's good sponges for that. It's never enough. <clears throat> well, I thank the, you so uh, much for getting us started today and on such a very poignant point. Thank you so much. Lenore from Connecticut, you're on the air. Hi. From North case. Carolina, sorry. North That's Carolina. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Charlotte, yes, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks for the opportunity to be challenged by your question. Oh, not at all. So, so I'm ready. Okay, then I will get you one right away. Did you develop a different reading of life early, but were not understood? Did you have this different interpretation, this different reading of life early in your life, but you were not understood? Um, I would say yes. Um, I, I appreciated the caller um, just before me because he mentioned um, chaos. And I, too, grew up in a, in a household of chaos. Um, my dad was a Vietnam vet who um, came back from the war um, uh, with uh, kind of drug-induced um, schizophrenia um, as a result of the testing that was actually done by the, by the government on certain veterans. I won't get into that, but um, I, uh, I, in the course of growing up, I was, I always was one just who just kind of stood back and watched the chaos unfold. Um, and was, wasn't really particularly emotionally drawn into that. Um, and um, I was labeled as being cold and heartless and um, just kind of being obtuse. But today, um, I now people see that as... Um, someone who brings peace in the midst of chaos because I'm not ruffled or um, particularly anxious and can be a guide in communicating um, kind of what's going on and just 
being okay and and giving people that space to be okay. Um, so yeah, I would say that was a looking back now. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge misreading because even today, as so much is fraying around us, it's there are times when I question, like, why am I just not rattled by it? And and I realize that it's it's part of my temperament and part also of the experiences that I had in growing up. When you said looking back now, mm-hmm. you've never looked back at this particular issue before? I, over the course of my life, I think I've, I know that I've looked back, but at each phase, I would say at each decade, I've, I've grown to understand what it meant at a particular point in time based on where I was in my life. So, um, I, 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 I enjoy looking at how I, as a person have evolved over the many decades and how I actually look at, I've, over time looked at my childhood experiences in different ways, which is kind of fascinating. You sound like you like yourself now. Oh, very much so. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Um, I, I, uh, my, my life has gone through what I would call, uh, an evolution. Um, I, at one point in my adult life, I would say probably in my 30s, 30, 30, mid-30s, um, I, I now look back as, as a person who's nearing 60, I look back at my 30s as a person who was um, very um, uh, kind of underdeveloped emotionally and needed to go through a lot of self-discovery to recognize that, you know what, it's okay to love and embrace the vulnerable parts of who you are and love and embrace the strong parts because you can't have the strength without the vulnerability. You can't have the, 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 the hardiness without the weakness. And I've learned to not to be so invested in changing the vulnerabilities and the weaknesses, but to protect them and embrace them because that has really enabled me to see the vulnerabilities and, and broken parts in other people um, and to really have real compassion. And I really do enjoy that. So, yes, I'm enjoying my graying years. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that, you know, you accomplished this particular assignment by yourself and in your own way and that it made perfect sense to you because listening to you, it does make perfect sense that you did that. Yes, and I I would say part of, you know, just I didn't do it by myself. I, I, I can look over the course of my life to see there were just various people who came alongside in the path. Um, and I'm so grateful for the surprises that were there. Um, and, um, 
and people who've been just with me, family, friends, through the entire time. And um, I, I just really feel blessed and grateful um, for everybody. I truly wouldn't be who I am today without just a, I call it an arena, a stadium of people who came along with me. A stadium. That's a lot of people. But that tells mm-hmm. us something about you, Lenore, that you were open, open yourself to a possible change in your life or small changes in your life. And it worked out just fine. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. You sound like a very pleasant person to know. Thank you, Eutrice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wade from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon. Hello. You're in sound. Hello. Thank you. You need to speak directly into your mouthpiece of the phone. I do. I do. I'm sorry about that. But thank you for the show. I've been listening. Uh, it's riveting to put it in a mild way. I don't know if I told you this. You are a googly bowler. You see the ball coming and we don't know where it's going. But in the end, it's always interesting. This is great. <laughs> well, that's good. But I, I harbor the element of surprise. That's great. So you ready for a question? Would you like to answer a question today? Yes. I am here to oh, Okay. What were you like as a child growing up that caused your parents endless worry, even despair, but turned out to be one of your best character traits or attributes? Hmm. I would say it was very curious. Very curious. You're curious. Yeah, around the home. Very helpful even in that I used to look at my mom slaving over us, you know, five of us, and she'd go from morning till night time and be back in the job before we get up in the morning. And it encouraged me to learn to cook, clean, and do all these things to help her from a very early age. So then she got time, she could go out, and I would handle the home, the home duties. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was good. It turned out good. Great. Did you start out that way, that you, you think, you thought at the time that this was going to help you in the very way that it turned out to help you? No, I didn't. I was more interested in helping my mom. Because four boys and one girl that easy. The girl was the last. She is the last. And constant fighting, pulling. We play a lot, but we also fight a lot together. So she was in the middle of all of this. And I used to watch at her, even after getting licks and she crying. Oh, yeah. To know that we put in her through this. And we still expect everything else from home. So 
it interests me in helping them. So learn to do a lot of stuff around the house. Mm. Well, where were you in the scheme of things? Uh, (laughs) Were you the first born or in the middle or at the end? You were the second. Okay. I'm number seven of nine. Wow. (laughs) Seven of nine. Mm. And... uh, most of my siblings are boys. There. I only have one have sister, yeah. and uh, that's the way it's been. But it gave me, I mean, being raised in a household of men, eight including my father, I got to understand men a lot. Men are different. Mm-hmm. They're just different. And it would be a good thing if people just kind of simmer down a little and try to get to know how the opposite gender works. Because men don't work like women. Women don't work like men. Mm. And that was my schooling. I understand the species very well. Now, you know, having lived all of my life in a household with eight men, and certain things that would bother me had I not had that experience would still bother me today, but I'm not bothered by it. I just accept it as the workings of the male mind or the male mindset. I don't mean to harm people many times. Sometimes they do. But they just have a different perspective about just about everything. And if you learn that secret early, you, you're okay. You, you do well. But we think that there's this permanent difference and there is a kind of war an unspoken war going on even in families between women and men because we really do not understand each other at a certain level we don't get it they don't get it about us we don't get it about them Uh, and believe it or not I credit this business of knowing how men think and work uh, to making my life so much easier. Because I see women, I mean, at their wit's end, they don't know what to do. What else do I have to do to get a point across to you that X, Y, Z? It's a confrontation was something they could never overcome. Men are just built that way. And we have to accept it. Women, too, are built in a particular way. And some men can't, can't cope with that. But they've never learned how to deal with women. They've never learned that. Did you find in growing up 
that you detected this kind of a difference and you adjusted accordingly? The difference between men and women, male and female. Yes. Um, detecting it, yeah, it was early. But, you know, as we go through adolescence, things change. And you start to see women, girls especially, in a different light. You'll be playing with them, running, chiming, jumping, juice. But after a certain age, things get different. But understanding it from early, I think it used to come from primary school. Um, reality chain primary school that used to tell the class, especially the boys in the class, you see, in life you will get angry with women, always think about your mother, your sister, your aunt, and think about how you will feel to see anybody striking these people. So I'm telling you now, put it out your mind. Find a reason not to entertain that thought. Because it is very, very dangerous. You all are coming, you're growing up, you're going to have families soon and stuff. You don't want to destroy them by your own ignorance. So stop this thing now. That helped me to understand a lot. Not that I didn't have arguments and break up with women, but it helped me to understand a lot. <laughs> well, thank you, Wade. Thanks so much for your contribution today. 888-874-4888. Brother Dave, you're with us. Uh, good afternoon again. Um, I, um, I know I was there yesterday, but I said, well, I'll, I didn't hear many people call in, so I said, uh, let me give it another shot. <laughs> All right. I'll get you a question. Oh, I just asked that one, so I'm not going to ask it again. Were you on a wrong path at a given time, but made a dramatic turnaround because of a major event or a particular person in your life? Um, I don't think that I was on a, a wrong path at any particular time, uh, yet I was a mischievous person. Uh, I would do things like, uh, for example, uh, when they had trolley cars, I know most people don't know what trolley cars are living in New York, but I grew up when there were more trolley cars than buses and I I had the habit of uh, going and r jumping on the back of a trolley car and riding around on the back and uh, that was uh, very dangerous but uh, that was a wrong path. But where I grew up in New York, uh, I grew up in an area what they call now Sugar Hill and I was never involved in a long path of gangs or anything like that on Edgecombe Avenue where I lived. So uh, that was a good thing. I had a fantastic uh, uh, infrastructure of uh, mostly aunts. 
Uh, my uh, father and mother had many, many uh, female uh, uh, siblings, so I had very few uncles and lots of aunts, and they were very kind and wonderful things, people to me. When I went to school, uh, I went to the New York City schools, and I never had even one teacher that looked like me from K through 12. And uh, I can't remember even having one teacher that uh, encouraged me in any positive way. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I had one teacher that uh, uh, told me that uh, I was a atrocious writer and I had a block about writing for a long time, and uh, it wasn't uh, so much later that I defeated that and got over that. And I got to the point where I even uh, wrote my first book of playing the game, uh, and after I, a number of people told me, oh, you can't write a book, and I did anyway. So that's, that's how playing the game started. Um, the point is that, for me, my greatest achievement has, as I look at it, uh, is the fact that I got a fantastic pleasure of helping hundreds and hundreds of people do things that uh, many others said they could not do. And those people, many of them, have gone on to help many others. So, to me, that is my greatest satisfaction. I am very happy with my family as I grew up, uh, especially my aunts. There's something wonderful about having wonderful aunts, a, fl a flood of aunts. I must have, uh, I think of five or six aunts who are all wonderful people. So, uh, that is uh, what has happened to me. And I'm fortunate I never got into a, a really bad group of, of people, and uh, that is a wonderful thing that uh, I can say about my life so far. And I'm still going on uh, trying to help uh, other people. Uh, one other thing is very important. Yeah, I've taught a number of things, flying and, and so forth. But uh, I've also taught hundreds of people to drive cars. And I will say this uh, after this type of experience, that the best people to teach uh, are female people. I had less trouble teaching girls and women than teaching men, uh, men and boys who think they know everything about the car before they even start driving it. So uh, I would say that women have a fantastic ability to take instructions uh, like just learning how to drive a car or fly a plane. Uh, women will pay attention to what you're teaching them, whereas quite often boys and men think they know it already. And, you know, to me, that is very important uh, 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 feature that I've noticed that many female people have.
Yeah, but could they drive a Chrysler Fluidmatic? Could they drive a what? A Chrysler Fluidmatic. Fluidmatic? No, Fluidmatic. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that was one of the cars. I, I, I just have a positive uh, view of uh, all my female students uh, over the male. I've had to pick students. I had to pick the female because I think they're more. Uh, uh, they have a great ability to learn something like that. I, that's been my experience over many years when I did yes. that type of work. Yes. I, I raised that to kind of needle you a little bit. My father had a Chrysler Fluidmatic. It was an automatic <laughs> with a gear shift. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, when, when I came uh, to drive, uh, there weren't many uh, automatic shift cars around. So, you know, uh, that, that was uh, very rare when I started driving. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so was a Chrysler Fluid Medic. It was very rare, but uh, it was my father's car, and mm -hmm. uh, you, you had to know what you were doing to drive that car. Thanks oh, so yeah. much for calling in today. Thank you for your All call. right, thank you so much. All right. Okay, do we have somebody waiting for us? No. Well, here's the thing. You've got to taste again today of how people, I mean, you just dismiss it because you're getting older and blah, 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 blah. And you just think you just change, but you don't really stop for a while and take inventory. How far you've come. The journey from childhood to wherever you are now, it's a big deal. And we don't really look at it with a, you know, with awe. We just say, well, you know, that's growing older. That's what happens. But something else happens as you grow older. And that is your world takes different shape and you are largely in charge of that but you won't change in your world if you don't understand how your world works what you want to do in this world that is important to you and for that most times, we have to reach back. We find ourselves reaching back to when we were young, when we were kids, when we were ourselves being instructed. And we didn't think much of that at the time it was happening. So it was stored somewhere in our heads or hearts. And... For some of us who were lucky, it kicked in at the right time, and it saved us. Some of us kept a steady pace of growth. We didn't just 
you know, exist up until a certain point and then we just sprouted. For some of us, it was steady. We combined our own observations and experiences with those things that we were taught that we thought were valuable. For some, we just rejected any learning from outside as being suspicious. Because after all, they were coming from people we did not know. We did not trust. And we had to rely on what we call our instincts most of the time. It didn't help much most of the time, but that's what we did. So we had different approaches to growing up and experiencing life. And it is a, a, a great value, I think, every now and then when you have some extra time to just think about your own evolution in how you're growing up, what you're thinking, what ideas are forming in your head, what ambitions are coming through as ambitions that you could pursue to make a life. And little by little, it starts to gel. It starts to come together. Sometimes it doesn't until much later in your life. But the point I'm making is that we are all evolving. And that is why it's useful to stop from time to time and just take inventory. What were you like 20 years ago, 30 years ago? What was your thinking like? What was your contribution like to your community? What did you do that had a great impact on people? What did you see in your father, in your mother, in your grandmother, your aunts and uncles that you knew was useful and you would emulate later on in your life? There are people who are just now catching on to the fact that certain things that they do were the very things that grandpa used to do. And you go, get out of here. <laughs> but it's true. You weren't paying attention at the time, but that doesn't mean that information was not transmitted to you. You just didn't do anything with it. So become more aware if you can. Make an effort and see how you have evolved over the years. And in each instance, you will find that you get, you've gotten better and better as time went on. I, I certainly believe that. I believe that. And I hope that you have the stamina to get, to keep going, keep getting better so that you can be of greater service to others as well. 
Thanks so much for listening and joining me today. Let's meet up again tomorrow and do some more talking. Bye-bye.